0: Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss, and we have an amazing guest with us today. Gail Hayes, Coach Glow, started out as a clinically obese young woman weighing in at 220 pounds, 100 kilograms. With methods and insights, she developed herself for a lack of apt guidance. She lost 88 pounds in seven months. She is now a CrossFit level two coach, athlete, and precision nutrition coach and a weight loss professional, focusing specifically on the mental and emotional aspects of weight loss and gain. Her program is unconventional and has therefore been getting extraordinary results for her clients whose mental and emotional changes will serve them for a lifetime. Body positivity, in her view, has nothing to do with size or weight. It has to do with education, gratitude, and honesty, and is attainable for everyone. I would love to welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast, Yael. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be
1: here.
2: Welcome. Welcome, Yael. We are so excited for today's conversation. It sounds like you're definitely one of those women who walks the walk and doesn't just talk the talks. I love that about you. (laughs) Uh, And our first question for you today is what part of your body has been the easiest for you to love?
1: Um so I was thinking about that question it was quite hard simply because at this point because of the work I've put in I've learned to love my uh, my body as a whole so I don't compartmentalize anymore um but then I was thinking internally what kind of got the whole situation started and I immediately thought of my heart because it's a constant source of gratitude for me cuz think about it 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 beats without us even having to do anything. We're alive. Just, just like that. That's, that's such a gift. So I think that might have to be my, uh, my favorite.
2: I love that, but I imagine that that took you some time to really feel like before, you know, like that's probably definitely something that you, um, love now, but like, has there ever like what what was it that brought you to that place of learning to love your heart like that's not a that's not a normal or one of the answers that we kind of get more typically, so I'm curious about your journey to get to that place of deciding that the easiest part of your body is is your heart
1: um really interesting interesting way to look at it um I think so when I started my journey, I I was slightly different, maybe from other people, um, in the sense that somewhere deep down, I always had the feeling I was good and kind, um, and that kind of helped look at my body from a place of empathy. So I never I never actually hated my body. Uh, I just understood hey you're not treating it right. You know, it's suffering because of decisions that I made and that realisation came later. But um, that just kind of led me to believe that, well, even if it has been suffering, your heart has always kept beating and that is something to be grateful for. So it's kind of a weird step in between, but somewhere it makes
2: sense.
0: Yeah. And I love that you're pulling in like a physical part of your body, but also like the emotionality of that part of your body and that emotional connection that we have to that part of our body. That's really amazing. So what is an area of your body that's been harder to love? Um, For me, I think
1: I've always carried my stress uh, in my tummy, in my lower belly and on my inner thighs that's where stress goes for me (laughs) um or wind um and it's it's now it it is harder when it's bloated or you know when when I just feel like there's a little more there but then in the end I'm like oh right thank you so much you're giving me the signal that I'm stressed okay I might have to change a couple things so I'm using it as a compass now to navigate life basically So, so yeah, there's, there's not really a lot that I don't like.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I love that you're saying, um, that you're really using it as a compass, Yeah, Uh, like, it's kind of like you're, you're giving yourself that space to, to feel that. Um, and I, I love that because I think it, it makes for a much more, um, compassionate way of looking at our health. So rather than seeing it as like a problem, if we're beginning to carry more weight in those areas, I'm hearing you say, really look at it as like, like a compass or think looking at it as if you're kind of having a conversation with your body is what it sounds like. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, you know,
1: you and your body aren't, aren't separate. We're one thing, right? Your emotions and your and what you look like physically is always going to be connected for everyone. However you think, however you eat, that's, that's always going to have an impact on what you look like. Right. Um, And that's, that's a known thing, you know, they've proven that emotions do produce a different chemistry and a different, a different type of, um, I guess, a, a different type of equilibrium in your body. They can really, really make your body a lot more acidic, for example, triggering more things like stress and 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 hard emotions that are that are tough to deal with. And it will reflect; your body will show it. Um. And uh, and and that's why I think emotions and and you know the physical are inseparable. And so that's why I always try to find the bridge and try to find a connection.
0: Yeah. yeah it can it can sometimes be really hard to figure out that connection um I imagine that this is something that you help guide your clients through apologize my words are coming out a little sticky today okay. um so you must guide your clients through making this connection for themselves like how does that work with the methods that you work with um so there's a couple of different uh
1: different exercises that we use um and it, I'm happy to do one with you sometime. <laughs> um I think the podcast is a very public space to do something like that because usually it's really one on one and they're very personal um but basically there's things that will show up on your body as a trauma, for example that you that you have from the past and so one way to to start kind of help start transforming the body is by letting go of that trauma. Um, the way I visualize it for people or they visualize it for themselves when we get there, when I take, when I take them back is they're wearing a cloak, a heavy cloak that someone else put on them. Yeah. So someone at some point when they were a child, for example, especially most people, it's, it's a childhood trauma that kind of got them to where they are. Um, someone put their emotions on them like a cloak, and they, the sweet little thing, they were unassuming, put it on and carried it because they thought that was their job. Yeah, and that cloak shows up on our bodies. So whether that's you, it's so heavy that you just you don't have enough energy left to eat at all, and then you're going into a, a thinner direction and and develop you know eating disorders that go into that way, or or whether it is that you feel like you need so much strength to carry it so you're kind of, you know, getting more food in and you're going into the other direction and and becoming overweight and that's what I did. Um, And the moment people understand that these emotions are not their responsibility to carry but the persons that put the cloak on them and they take that cloak off, the weight starts coming off. So that's one way to work with it, that I help them separate others' emotions from their own. And that switch in their head, when they're not having to hold on to something like this anymore, then also releases kind of like a sense of freedom and they can start changing their body. And their body changes a lot in a very short amount of time because of that, because they let go and they don't have to you know, use energy anymore to keep that on. So it's a very nice exercise we do. Um, the other thing that I really love is breathing breathwork exercises. Um, you know, when when a person is super hard in their mind and they're just thinking all day long um, and their mind is becoming like a chatterbox, it takes away from their physical feeling. Um, it takes them out of the body. And that's a huge problem because the body is all groundless. So if we can kind of detach from the mind, we can detach from our suffering and we can get back into the moment, which is the body. And then we can feel our body much better, what it needs, what it wants. And most people, when they are having trouble with with weight, um, they are living in their mind. They are either living in the past and they're depressed or they're living in the future and they're anxious all the time and that's why they eat, they're stressed out. And so by bringing them back into the body and actually focusing on the body and bringing them into the moment, we help them to make that connection again and their mind can just kind of rest for a bit. And and that's how changes start to happen when they become more mindful of the body.
2: Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm curious, what was it that helped you begin to see or embrace this emotional connection uh, for yourself? Because I'm hearing you say, you know, this, this is part of what helped you go from, uh, I think you said like clinically obese to where you are now. Um, how was this discovery process for you? Um, you know, I didn't have a book to help me
1: (laughs) or a coach or someone. Um, I, I tried, I really did. Um, but so this was always kind of a a discovery that just happened at some points like, Oh, that's a thought. And then I developed that thought and tested the theory in a way and it, it worked. um, but I do remember one thing that kind of got it all started. That was the turning point for me. Um, and it, and it did really start with empathy, um, is I was, uh, acting, I, I got a small part in a, in a movie. Um, and, uh, I was playing this, uh, overweight daughter of who's like an emo, they, you know, cutting herself and, having real real trouble. Um, and I remember seeing myself when when they screened the trailer on, on the screen, on the big screen, and I was, I, I just looked at myself and I had such, I felt such pain for my body for treating it that way. Um, and, and I honestly wanted to change. And I just didn't, I didn't judge myself in that moment. I didn't, you know, hate myself or whatever. I just saw myself, accepted the way I was and knew that I wanted to change. And that really kind of set it all for me, um, that it didn't come from a place of, oh, my God, you know, I am I hate myself or whatever, but that it did actually already make the connection with empathy. And then all the other emotions kind of followed, that I knew that these emotions had to be positive, Um, To really make a lasting change.
0: Well, and I would love to ask a question, and this is from my own personal experience. You know, I went recently went through um, a super stressful situation where my husband's life was on the line with his health and in and out of the hospital and all of that sort of thing. And, you know, over a month period of time and I have like gained a size and a half during that time, I've only gained three pounds. Mm-hmm. So I've gained only three pounds, but I, I'm like a size and a half up from where I was, which I would imagine is from stress and inflammation and like all of those different things. I'm not educated to the level that you are educated. Like what is your perspective on what happens in the body when somebody experiences that? Because it's not like I've gained 40 pounds in the last month or something that, or even 10 pounds, right? It's three. Like how can three pounds be a size and a half? Um,
1: These It's, it's an interesting question because, you know, people think that weight gain really only has to do with, with food, with how much you're eating. Right. And then if you lower your calories, then obviously, you know, you'll be fine. Um, most people, you're actually ahead of most people. Most people don't even think that stress affects them that much, or if they do, they don't understand how it affects them. Um, it does so in many different ways. The size that you've gained, for example, it can be because you're not sleeping enough because you're stressed. So you can't sleep and you don't sleep long enough and you don't sleep well enough. And that leads to bloating, that leads to a hormonal imbalance where it's harder to feel, uh, to feel the hormone that kind of the satiation hormone where you feel like you've had enough and you can stop eating. For example, it's a lot harder to regulate your eating behavior when when your hormones are off, right, um, and it comes from a lack of sleep. Uh, what stress also does is it in increases the tendency to have cravings, to 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 go for snacks, to go for in between things, and it can be explained scientifically um, just by the chemical reaction that happens in the body. Um, but most people don't understand that that it's so much bigger than just you know, the stress or just the food, it's, it's the whole situation and the body reacts, right. It, you know, the three and a half pounds that you gained, it, it might not, it's probably not going to be fat. Okay. That's probably not going to happen because in what time frame did it happen? Do you know? Just in a matter of weeks. Okay. So it's probably not going to be an insane, a big part of it might not be fat. Um, but it can be, for example, that you're holding more water. It can be that it can be possible a little bit of fat. It depends on how you on how you ate, obviously and and how much you moved and stuff. But there's a real phenomenon that we see with stress, you know that when people are relaxed, their body functions better as a whole. You know the food is better digested uh the, the the lymph system works a lot better the nervous system works a lot better so the body functions better right and the metabolism is also faster and working much clearer and much cleaner so that your body won't won't have these problems won't get bloated when you know but whenever you go into a stressful situation the body goes into a response um it's called a fight or flight response and basically in that moment it it' the body thinks it has to run away from something when you're in a stressful situation, fight or flight, right. Either run away from the bear or go fight it. Um, And in that moment, it's, it's a real, it's really, really tough for us to understand that that stress because of something emotional and not coming from a real bear right? It's the body can't distinguish feeling. And so, you know, we think we're hungry or we think we're doing all these things and we need that energy when we really don't. And so that's how we're affected by all these different things. And so the bloating that you might have, or or the size gain that you might've experienced, it might just be your body's reaction to the stress, but it doesn't necessarily have to be only fat. Do you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely, thank you so much for that. And I love how you're saying um, that you know there's so many things that go into this and yeah. then body size um, doesn't always relate to what we're eating. It has a, a lot to do with a lot of other factors. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's just a much more gentle and holistic way of looking at body size change. Yeah, for sure. What is one of your favorite self-care or self-love practices? Um,
1: I'm honestly at this point, uh, what really grounds me is back squats. (laughs) So whenever I'm having a stressful day or I just kind of want to shut off, Uh, I go into the gym, I throw some weight on the barbell and I do some heavy back squats and everything seems fine afterwards. Um, But, yeah, it's it's probably back squats. If I can't do that, I really, really just enjoy putting my phone on airplane mode or shutting it off completely, putting it out of sight, just turning off all electronics, going into nature somewhere, to a waterfall, to a jungle, whatever there is around, um, taking a sound bath, like there's so many things you can do.
0: Yeah.
2: Thank you. I love that. I love, um, that for you, there's a physical aspect and a grounding aspect like with the back squats, but also I hear like power, like really reconnecting with your strength inside you, um, like in, in the physical form, uh, you know, can just be something that's so powerful for us mentally uh, along with the lines of like what arla shared you know i know that weight gain has been something that more and more of us are experiencing with the pandemic i myself have definitely have gained i think like maybe 40 or 50 pounds um, mm-hmm. along with like depression and all these different things and it's been interesting for me because like I'm navigating the space of still loving my body and loving myself at the same time that I'm f- I'm gaining weight. And I think I may have been a little too small before, but um, maybe a little bigger than I want to be now. But it's one of those things where it can feel really interesting. And I'd love for you to talk about how the stress of the pandemic and all that um, can And has affected our emotions with relation and our mental state with relation to weight gain or loss? Um, Well,
1: here's the thing, right? In my opinion, locking people inside was a really, really, really um, ridiculous thing to do. Um, because what happens people are inside they're surrounded by food they have no control over their eating, eating habits because most people I mean let's face it most people haven't gone through a nutrition program or have worked with a nutrition coach so they have no idea how to regulate these behaviors and most people do emotionally eat the reason for that being we have been conditioned to do so from a very young age you know for example if you look at a baby right? It will cry when it's hungry. And then when it's full, it spits out the food or spits out the spoon and, you know, it's done, right? Until it comes home three years old from a tough day at the (laughs) kindergarten or whatever. And, and it's crying and its mom is giving it some ice cream to calm it down. In that moment, the brain will make an association that ice cream makes crying better right and this is a type of of emotional association with food that we've most of us have made in a very young age and that most people now when they were literally locked in with the food had no idea how to regulate and they had no idea it it was most cases it's just an automated behavior that as soon as you're stressed you go to the fridge you open the door you look what's in there Right. As soon as you're anxious, as soon as you're bored, by the way, boredom is a huge thing. Um, and so that's what most people experience during the pandemic. It's really, it's really affected a lot of people in that way. Most, most people I know have gained during the pandemic. And obviously then there's the reduction of going outside, breathing fresh, air, doing exercise. That's so important, not just for for the body's health, but for our mental state. And then that affects us so that we can't exercise and we can't seem to eat regulate in a regulated way, in a healthy way, right? That stresses us out. And then that stress has the effect on our body that we also dread. And then that triggers more cravings. And so it's a vicious cycle, do you understand? Um so this is this is really what we've seen throughout the pandemic and what's been really tough on a lot of people, but that's kind of the connection there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. Cause, um, I, I share my experience because I feel like I generally am fairly good at regulating stress and doing all those different things. Mm-hmm. And I know that like, if I'm experiencing this, I can't be the only one. Do you know what no. I mean? And it's no, like, It's something where I do see a lot of people who will post, and you know, of course, right, social media is one of those things where everyone will show the good thing that's happening and not necessarily talk about the bad. so you'll see people who talk about like losing weight even during this time but i'm hearing you say that really the more likely response for many of them is um is weight gain but also like um when it comes to the weight loss if it's coming from that place of stress is that like like does that become like a sustainable way of living too if you're losing weight through stress
1: and there's two types, right? There's the person that will overeat when they're stressed, and there's the person that will undereat when they're stressed. And then there's the person that doesn't have an association with food when they're stressed, right? So they their food habits are separate. So they will still go on eating three times a day. That's very rare. <laughs> Just to be clear, that is very very rare. But there are these people. Um, usually they're highly analytical, um, but in either case, how do I explain this? Um, in, in either case, it, it's it kind of comes out to the same thing. Um, sorry, I think I lost my train of thought there a little bit.
2: Oh, no, I understand. It's like... Um it's just a, it's a different response to it, but really it does amount to the same. It's coming from a it's it's like whether you choose to go left or right, kind of yeah. sometimes just goes by what foot is dominant for you. Pretty much.
1: So whatever you've whatever you've made a connection with, and however you function as a human, um, that will that will be the way you go. Um, but ultimately, what we are looking to assess and hopefully break is is the association with food overall you know we we don't want association between food and emotions that's a really hard thing to break but that's that's one thing we want to look at um because if you can break that that association you can eat regularly and and the way that's good for you um without having to you know without an association being uh, being made with with emotions whenever you're happy at a party and then you'll overeat because that's what you think of when you're at parties or when you're super sad and then you overeat or um or undereat. Um undereating stress stress related undereating. Um ah, and that's that was the answer to your question. Sorry, I just lost my train train of thought there for a minute. But stress related undereating is not sustainable because you're still living in stress, right? So you're still having these effects on the body um, and stress in any case is just not something that we that we want. So it's far better and far healthier to find a place of calm and work on your eating habits. And then when you are stressed, still see if you can navigate in a way that's still healthy for the body at least so that you're still giving it all it needs. Um and then slowly reducing your intake that way, you know?
2: I love that. Yeah. Um, in either case, it sounds like what you're really wanting to do is to reconnect with your body when this negative pattern, whichever way you go arises. So what is a tip that you have for us to, what's another way that we can reconnect to our body or what would you suggest? Maybe it's one of the things that you suggested already.
1: Um, it's anything that kind of brings you into, into the awareness of your body, anything that makes you conscious of your body. Um, there's a couple of things that are a bit more aggressive than others. Um, some of my clients, they like ice cold showers. <laughs> it's an option to be honest. It's a really good option um, because it really brings you into the moment. It really brings you into the moment. So just taking an ice-cold shower or if you have it sitting into a bucket of ice, literally, um, that's something that will bring your whole attention into the body. The other thing is just deep breathing, so breath work, is something that I really, really like to give to people who are stressed out or, or especially anxious or tend to panic a little bit. Um, because if you're focusing on breathing super deeply and feeling the breath going in and out through your nostrils, you're, you're totally here. You're in the body. Um, or then, honestly, any type of dance where you can keep your eyes closed and you can just feel your movements, any type of, of uh, weight work, you know, if you're lifting at the gym or, or anything that makes you feel your body. One of my clients did a handstand you know whatever it takes but it can bring you back into the moment and in if you're truly living in the moment fear can't really exist because fear lives in the future right or in the past so that's what we're trying to do
0: that's fantastic It's really fantastic. You know, one of the things that, um, comes up for me when I heard your bio was, oh, she's, she's a CrossFit coach. Um, and most of the people well, one, I want to say that I love CrossFit. I'm actually a member of a CrossFit gym here. Um, it's one of The most fun communities I've ever been a part of is just so open um, and accepting of all body shapes and sizes and skill levels. And it's like totally scalable, which I love. And I think that there's a lot of preconceived notions of what a CrossFit coach is or what your body must look like or what societal norms you must be subscribing to. Um, Why don't we blow those, you know, ill-conceived notions out of the water? Um, Yeah. So what body standards or norms don't you subscribe to? Um, And what would people, people find surprising about the way that you interact with or show your body as somebody that's active in CrossFit?
1: Um so I'm not sure I understood the first question, what body types that don't subscribe to.
0: Is that yeah. Right? yeah? So um, you know, there's a lot of societal expectations out there, especially like when people hear of really high fitness individuals that they're, mm-hmm. you know fully sculpted and and have ripped muscles everywhere um, or that they're you know running around in you know um what do you call those things sports bras and you know exercise shorts everywhere they go yeah. um or that they're a real girly girl or that you know like these different types of things like do those describe who you are um <laughs>
1: It, to be honest uh i I've, I've i've stopped trying to put a label onto my body um simply because a i don't think is healthy it, my body is is nature is constant change so if i try and put a label on it that will keep me stuck there and and that's not something i want so that goes against my kind of freedom rule um And secondly, what I do try to focus on is performance. For me and and for all of my clients, what we focus on primarily is is performance over appearance. That's a big, big, that's a big line that we use, performance over appearance. Um, And the reason for that is if you can hold a three-minute plank, your body composition will reflect that. (laughs) If you can do a pull-up your body will reflect it. So by looking at it that way, by looking at what your body can do instead of what it looks like or what box you would subscribe to, um, what box you could check on on a sheet of paper, um, we're looking at, by looking at what it can do, we're really opening up the space for a much wider acceptance of what a body can look like, what your body personally looks like me I've never been the stick never I'm just built broad like let's be honest I've got broad shoulders you know I've got hips like (laughs) you know I got a body but um so I don't I don't I wouldn't subscribe to to the stick figure kind of totally ripped totally muscled thing um (laughs) I think if I had to describe my body, it would be I've got a good amount of muscle, I've got some nice shoulders, i got a good strong core, but I never do it because it just doesn't interest me anymore. What interests me is whether I can do MRF with a weights vest next year. Um, I, yeah, sorry, uh, for those of you who don't know, MRF um, is a uh, one-mile run hundred pull-ups, 200 push-ups, and 300 squats and another mile run with a weights vest on. Uh, and it's kind of a, a stable workout in CrossFit. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I want to look at. I don't really, I don't really care about what my body looks like because it's going to reflect what the, the work that I put in. And that's the only thing that matters, how healthy it is and how much it can do.
2: I like that. I, I think that, um, even just a focus on what action you can take or what uh, capacity you have is more almost like gamification of the exercise as opposed to really looking at it um, from the guise of punishment or like, I'm doing this to my body because it needs to look a certain way. Like what I'm really hearing you say is to celebrate the motion or the action because then it becomes something that you are excited about and that, you know, you want to continue doing instead of punishment, which you want to get over. With as soon as possible. Yeah. And, you know,
1: I mean, there is a reason you want to punish your body, right? That's something we also need to speak about. So if you're noticing that you don't like your body, that you feel the need to have to punish it with workouts, then there's a reason for that. And you need to go to the (laughs) cause, right? Because the fact that you, that you are that way and that you do want to punish it is a symptom. And the cause for that is some type of trauma somewhere. Someone made you feel not good enough, right? So you need to look at that because you don't want that type of relationship with your body, right? You need your body and there's a lot of gratitude to be found in there. Um, So so that's, that's another really important thing that people need to understand that you know, it's, it's, it's really important to kind of also reflect on your own thought patterns and ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? And then when it comes to looking a certain way, who am I, who do I need to look this way for? Who am I doing it for? Right? So there's, there's a couple of questions that, that we can always ask that, Kind of shed light on the actual problem, the actual cause, because overeating, underfeeding, undereating, all of these things—they're just symptoms, right? But the underlying cause of why we do these things—that's where you need to look at, and that's what we do uh, when I work with clients: is really look at these things and 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 see where it comes from. For most people, it will be a feeling of not having been good enough as a child, not feeling good enough now even, Um, not having felt loved enough as a child or important or heard. Um, And so they kind of swallow everything, they internalise everything. And and that's how it comes out there, you know. So asking yourself why and giving yourself the chance to open up that conversation, which can be really quite frightening for some people. Um but giving yourself the chance to delve a little deeper and understand why you're why you're working the way you do, um, and then really try to address that is literally just gonna solve your your physical issues because you'll understand, hey, this isn't actually me. this uh, I actually kind of like myself. This is these are these emotions that have been that I've taken on, you know, and I've been carrying.
0: Um, but yeah, so. I, I love that. Um, I love that, you know, having the perspective of looking outside yourself. I also love what you've said before, which is looking at the functionality of your body instead of the look of your body. Now, and, and I do have a follow-up question for that because, you know, I have a rare genetic condition called okay. Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. And it means that I'm hyper-flexible and my, my joints are kind of loosey-goosey a nice. little bit. And so it makes some of the things in CrossFit not safe for me yeah. because I can't overload my joints with weight, not because I'm not physically strong enough, but because my joints aren't physically strong enough. Mm-hmm. And so there have been times where um, even if I feel like my body looks really great, maybe the functionality of it isn't what I would like it to be mm-hmm. um, because of this genetic condition. Mm-hmm. And, and so how do you um support people in those circumstances where they do have. Um, and I don't want to call them limitations because I don't think of them as limitations, but like boundaries on what they can do with their body, which are different than other people, which, um, how do you support people through that? And, you know, still feeling really positive. So this is where technique comes in, right?
1: If you've got someone that maybe can't lift all the weight in the world but has a really good technique with low weight even and can live a good functional life, Uh, what I mean by that is, for example, if someone can pick up two grocery bags with a straight back, for example, right, then that is already something to be positive about, right? That's the ultimate goal, that we can live life functionally in a better way. In a stronger way, in a healthier way. So it's already something. So if we can get people to a really good technical point, then the the quality of life as a whole improves as well, because they're using that technique instead of just relying on strength. For example, in your in your in your case, Um, that could be something that you could focus on is just improving your technique to the point where it's perfect, and what you'll notice and what you'll see is that by doing that, you will actually slowly be able to also go up in weight a little bit because you now have built the movement patterns and the the necessary strength, nevertheless, to nonetheless to to lift that weight in a safe way for your body. Um, But it starts with really everyone accepting exactly how they are, are, um, with us really understanding, and I don't like to call them limitations either because if you work long and hard enough at it, I believe you can literally achieve anything. At least that's what I've seen so far. You know, people with cerebral palsy running, things like that, you know, it is possible. The question is how much patience do you have, right? But say if you start from a place of pure honesty, right, and you say, okay, I'm having trouble there, Uh, this and this is really hard for me to do. Uh, This feels impossible. And this, I will literally break my elbow if I do this. Right. So if you start from a really, really honest place and you take stock of where you are and, and how you are, and then focus on what you can do and not what you can't, then things start to change. So instead of focusing on, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that and I can't move this way, see what you can do, what you can improve. So let's say you don't have the strength to do a shoulder press, right, or you don't have the flexibility to lock out your elbow yet, for example. Um, Okay, how can you work on that? You can do banded work, for example. You You can do balancing work on the shoulder to strengthen all the muscles around the joint right to give it more stability so focusing on the things that you can do while fixing what you might have to fix and accepting the things that maybe you can't do right now as just a starting point and just where you are and we're moving on from there
0: that's, that's really, really great advice. Thank you so much. I would love to know more about how people can find your book and how they can work with you and more about your business. That's uh, so, I'm um, actually
1: probably might be renaming my business soon. Uh, the book is still coming out. It's not, uh, quite finished and out of the press yet. Um, but the book release will definitely be soon. I'll announce it on my Instagram as well. Um, but this, this book honestly is my love letter to humanity. Um, and more specifically, it's my love letter to all the All the potential that we're not seeing yet because we're judging people by their size. I want people to read that book, get all of the information that they need so that they can navigate a healthy life and take that power away from the industry because the industry is somewhat making us sick (laughs) and it's a problem. (laughs) We don't know what's good for us anymore. And that's something I really want to change. I want people to feel secure. And informed in their choices because that's a right they've got. Um, and I want people to really experience freedom. Uh, and that's what this book is all about. So this book is gonna be out hopefully very soon. Um, I'll definitely post it on Instagram. But if people want to work with me, they can always just I, I try to keep things as simple as possible. They can DM me on Instagram. Um all of this started kind of rolling and opening up pretty recently. So I'll we, I'll be. Uh, opening a Patreon account as well, where people can support me if they choose to. Um, and that will include uh, some of a gift section where they can gift a session to a family member or a friend or someone that they feel could really benefit from, from a session. Um, so that will be another thing. But the easiest way literally is just through my Instagram channel. Send me a DM. and uh, And that's the best way to find me.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much, JL. Do you have a closing thought that you'd like to leave us with today? Uh, so I think for, you know, if you're struggling with,
1: with, with, accepting yourself where you are and you might be depressed about the past and, and or, or anxious about the future, um, the first The really very first exercise that I do with all of my clients that is across the board is uh, a mix of a gratitude practice so every morning and every evening, even if it's really really hard, you write down three things you're grateful for, and this can be tiny things. You liked how a butterfly flapped his wings today, like it can be. It can be absolutely minuscule, but three things you're grateful for every morning and every evening. And then, as a second thing, we call this uh, well, I call this the the you know taking charge of your of your life game. We Literally every day for one week, uh, you will get up the amount of times that the, um, you will get up as many times as you weigh. So if you weigh 60 kilo, you get up and stand up, take a stand for your body every single uh, 60 times. So you're going to lie flat on the ground. And from there, you're just going to get up into a standing position, however many reps equal your current weight in kilograms. Don't go pounds, guys, please. (laughs) That's overkill. Um, and by doing that every single day, you are acknowledging it's a very kind of internalizing thing because you are uh, externalizing thing because you are acknowledging that you have, you have gotten to the point where you're at. Um, if you are overweight, that is, you've gotten to this point by your own choosing because nobody forced you to put food in your mouth, right? That's, that's a really harsh reality that I needed to realize as well. And, and if you take responsibility and you stand up for every single kilo now, then that is a really honest place to start. And that's what you want. You want to, you want to give yourself a blank slate. So gratitude and standing up um, as many reps as equal your current weight. That would be a really good place to start. And I'm hoping that you know people will people will leave their stress and understand that transformation and, and putting in the work and doing these things for yourself and your self-love, that that is a good thing. So don't let your weight define you. Don't let your weight stress you out. That's that's a really big thing because um. And there's one more thing I want to I close with after this because um, it's you're doing something out of love, right? And so remember that. Remember that aspect, that you and yourself are good and, and you, you don't need that whole stress. You, you can just leave that pressure on the side And just go with what feels right and and give yourself the space to transform and that that's a good thing to leave the pressure. Um, And the last thing that I want to say is uh, it's a really, really nice um, proverb from a a rabbi (laughs) that I've heard once. Um, Someone asked him, well, why are you so happy about being a Jew? And then that could be translated to, well, why are you so happy being, looking the way you look, for example, right. Or being the way you are. And then he said, well, if I'm not happy, I'll still be a Jew. (laughs) So I'd rather be happy. (laughs) And so that's really the, the message that drives it all home. Like wherever you are, whatever you do, however you look like you've got the choice You can accept yourself and start from a blank slate and take responsibility for where you are and then go from where and live an authentic life with integrity or you can resist it and that will ultimately lead to great pain. So the choice is really yours. So
0: choose happy. Thank you so much. Choose happy that is a fantastic way to end our podcast today. Thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, Definitely um, follow and like and find out more about Yael and um, her upcoming book release. So exciting. And uh, we look forward to seeing it come out as well. Yeah, that's amazing yeah, you guys are awesome. Keep, keep doing what you're doing.
1: Honestly, it's helping a lot of people.
2: Thank you so much, Yael, for being here with us. And thank you for listening to the Body Positivity Podcast. Stay subscribed for more body love, inclusivity and respect for self and others. Until next time.